Welcome to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration, the extra push you need to keep moving forward. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today my special guest is Miss Cynthia L. Simmons. Cynthia is the mother of five and past president of Christian Authors Guild. She produces and hosts a podcast entitled Heart of the Matter Radio each week to encourage women who seek the elegance of God's wisdom. A certified writing and media coach, Cynthia has conducted writing workshops, led a writing conference for six years, and she offers Cynthia Chat videos for young mothers. Cynthia is fond of history and she writes both historical fiction and nonfiction. Her novel, Pursuing Gold, shares how women can live through hard times by following God. Combining history and scripture, she ministers to women of all ages, but has a special place in her heart for young mothers and homeschool mothers. So I'd like to introduce to my listening audience, Miss Cynthia L. Simmons. So welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thanks for having me, Althea. It's great to be here. You're very welcome. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a homeschool mother. I had five children and I homeschooled all of them until they were grown. And then my last one was very disabled. And that's where the Lord started really stretching me because someone told me, well, this kid is so messed up. You're going to have to go here and go there and go here and go there. And you know, with all my other kids, I thought there's no way because I'm going to have to put one up for adoption. So I decided to solve his problems in the context of the family with the family support. And so we all would encourage Caleb. And if he did a good job that day, we would all, you know, applaud him and stuff. And I worked with therapists out of my home, took classes for special education. And Caleb has done tremendously, I mean, just amazingly more than they thought he would do. Oh, wow. um, He's now out working a part-time job and loving it, and he's growing and getting better every day. So it was a really, really ch- big challenge because mm-hmm. he was my fifth child, and I was thinking, okay, Lord, <laughs> this is tiring. <laughs> five kids to read, and this one doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But I, we, we nixed it. We conquered it, and it was amazing, amazing experience for me, and just the difference between normal children and a child who could not pay attention and mm-hmm. so on, very mm-hmm. different. That's awesome. And so what actually made you decide to do homeschooling for your children? Well, I decided because I had, you know, I was already interested because I'm kind of a scholarly type of a person, Mm -hmm. but um, I, I decided that, man, I started having kids and I got so busy. I thought there's no way I can do this, but I put my oldest daughter in kindergarten and she immediately changed and began to get very nasty. And she would go, well, my teacher knows everything and you don't know anything. And I thought, Oh, wait a minute. This is not really what I want for my daughter. And so, um, and I talked and my husband and I talked and we decided to bring her home and just try it year by year and see what would happen. And so that's what we did. And my kids were, amazing because I mean I was working hard but they were gracious they offered to help they were 
disciplined, kind, you know, and I would go, I would look at him and I would think I wasn't even this nice when I was that age. <laughs> oh, you know, it made me committed to go ahead and finish. We went all the way through high school. And of course I taught Caleb all the way. Um, and then as I kind of got close to getting finished, um, I decided, well, you know, my kids are leaving. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, since Caleb has his special needs and he needs to be driven here and there, I'll just do some writing and start, you know, kind of a ministry out of my home thinking that would really work well. But just as my first book came out, my husband became seriously ill okay. with encephalitis. And that was the, that was the most bizarre situation because my husband is a brilliant man, mm -hmm. he's a Bible teacher, and you know, his brain kind of defines him, mm. but his brain was in Infected. Oh, wow. Okay. He slid in the floor one Saturday afternoon and had a grand mal seizure. And I stood there going, this is not normal because I'm a nurse. I'm a former nurse before I had kids. And I thought, this is not normal. Either he's got a complication of the flu or, or some, you know, this just isn't happening. But mm -hmm. when the hospital was in the hospital 11 days and came out, uh, the doctor said initially, you know, one of the doctors told me, he said, he's not going to get out for months and months and months. because He's going to have to learn how to read talk he's gonna to have to know how to walk again mm -hmm. put on his clothes brush his teeth and I really didn't think so and so I had the church come and pray over him and he went home 11 days later on IVs he had IVs through his a major artery in his heart you know and right into his heart because he had to keep stay on medicine for a full month and just as I got him home my dad called me from Chattanooga and my mother had fallen and broken her hip Oh and goodness. it's like, what do you want to do? And I'm going, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> here with a sick husband. What do you yeah. mean? What do I want to do? And he wanted me to take care of mother. And I thought, I don't think I can do that. I can't mm, live yeah. in a different state. So, I mean, we went through four years of major, major major stuff like that, wow. where it was just one thing after another. My, my mother passed away while Ray was still ill and um, you know it was kind of like I got to go up there and plan the funeral and I didn't know where because when I saw the house where dad was staying after he put mom in the hospital he stopped cleaning you know oh, and I thought it's a big house but we couldn't even get in it oh. so I thought okay well here's what we'll do we'll just go pick people from our old church and ask them if the kids you know spread the kids out amongst people well that made my husband mad and it wasn't something that would normally make him mad. Mm -hmm. I knew that he was upset because he was still recovering. And so I had to put up with that. I just said, okay, just let dad be what he is. He's still sick. We'll just let him, you know, manage. And we, you know, I did all this stuff with him recovering. Um, and then shortly after mother died, my dad began to show signs of losing it. You know, I had mm -hmm. these phone calls from him and he would say, uh, I, you know, he would just have these panic attacks and he was in a different state and I would think, okay, do you want me or do you want not want me? Cause he didn't want me, but he did at the same time. So I was trying to figure out what to do with him. I mean, we just had thing after thing. And yeah. finally it came to the point that I was realized I was going to have to put daddy in a home because he lost his car. Oh, okay. he lost his car and reported it stolen. And I was oh. up there trying to see to him and the police called me and said we found your father's car and it was not law it was not stolen he lost it and it you know we won't charge him this time but if he's losing his car you need to take his keys away yeah 
So then I had to announce, Daddy, you can't have your keys anymore. And I couldn't drive the car because the crazy thing was a stick shift. So I had to call my brother-in-law who lived in town to come drive the car. I mean, that's the way my life was for four years. Wow. And it was there was not a normal in my house. It was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord taught me so much through that. There were so, I lost so much. There was just, my home was chaotic at times because my husband was, you know, when you have a head injury like you do after you have encephalitis, mm-hmm. it is your emotions are all over the place. And I knew that because I was a registered nurse, but it still created a havoc in the home. And I never knew what I was going to be faced with. And of course my son, disabled son, who was normally very, you know, under control when Mm -hmm. daddy got upset, he got upset trying to go, okay, can we just squash the emotion here? You know? And you know, it was just four years of just stuff. There was one early, in that whole experience, the neighbor's house started burning down at two o'clock in the morning oh, and the policeman banged on our door to get us out of bed. And I, and I was going, why are they getting us out of bed? And it was because pieces of the house were flying over into our backyard and were catching our yard on fire. And when I got my husband out of bed, I thought, Oh no, he's going to lose sleep. And that means we're going to be, he's going to be more upset for right. days. You know, mm-hmm. if he lost sleep, it was just, days before we could get him on a rhythm again so i'm talking four years of life being upheaval and crazy and nutty pot but i grew so much during that Mm -hmm. time and learned so much and the lord changed so many things in my life and i needed that but at the same time i think when i look back on it because i was starting to write and, and speak and stuff like that i think satan was trying his very best to keep me from doing that he didn't want me there, yeah. but at the same time, God was working through all of that. So oh, an amazing yes. situation. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. In a four year span, having experienced all of that in, in any um, normal or anyone other than someone that's not, if they were a believer, if they're not a believer, they would have been somewhere in a hospital. Seriously, (laughs) there's no way in this world that anyone would be able to have gotten through as much as you have in in, in a short period of time. But yet it sounds like it was like a back to back episode of events that was just like, wow, that is amazing that you were able to overcome all of that and continue to write and speak. Mm-hmm. Wow. So but you know, I yeah. saw such incredible stuff. Like when Ray was in the hospital sick, I remember, and one of the things I remember from nursing is that, you know, if a person's level of consciousness is not good, mm-hmm. especially if they've had, you know, neurological things like your brain's infected, that's scary. It's not good. You know, their level of consciousness is the really biggest part of that. And I was sitting there one day thinking, Lord, I don't like this because I'm in the room with him. He doesn't even know I'm here. And mm-hmm. this, you know, he's really very sick. And I was, I was terrified. And I just said, Lord, I wish I had some flowers. Cause at that time it was kind of early in the whole process. Five minutes later, someone knocked on the door and brought me two dozen roses. <laughs> and I thought, wow. Lord, you must have started early to do this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. No, that Lord, is awesome. <laughs> the Lord had, 
a plan and he was there and he let me know it. There was another occasion that someone called the hospital and said, oh, we love your husband. We just love working with him, but we'd like to do something for you. What can you do? And, and I said, oh, you know, you're just so kind. I appreciate it. But as I hung up the phone, I pictured the dish garden because I thought I do have some roses in here, but that's it. And, mm-hmm. and I would really like something that wouldn't die very fast. And, and that was my last thought. Do you know what came the next day? <laughs> a dish garden. Only it was four times bigger than I imagined. And I yes. thought, Lord, you were reading my thoughts. I didn't even ask you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that's how I just I just love how God He hears even the prayers that we don't pers- per- give to Him. Yeah. He He hears our heart. And he sees the whole situation that we're we're going through, and so I love. That's why I love the way that the Holy Spirit, even in the moans and groans, that the words that we can't even express, Holy Spirit is like, "I got you. Yeah. I'm gonna let me send this message up to God because I know at this point in time you're not in the right state of mind to be able to." send the words that you you're needing to give to present to god it like i need help yeah <laughs> and holy spirit is like i got you i'll yeah. take care of you so you are a phenomenal woman of god <laughs> having <laughs> went through as much as you have and i have nine years of doing of being a podcaster and you're a speaker and you're writing books amazing Thank just you. totally amazing well, I learned that my, my most effective prayer sometimes was just help. Yeah. <laughs> That's about yeah. all I could get out during that period of time. But I grew so much. Um, I learned how to communicate better with my husband in terms of, you know, when I saw him get upset. Because I don't think he saw a difference in himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell his emotions were different. Before that, he was a very even-keeled person that never, ever got upset. He was kind of an accountant-type person. But he was definitely different. He probably had emotions, but they were just, he was in charge of them. They were very subdued. So he didn't see any difference, but he was acting out a lot more. They were, it was all over the place. He would be screaming and and I would think he doesn't realize. And so I learned how to communicate with him. I learned how to um, get in charge of the situation. And eventually he figured himself out and learned how to control the height heightened emotions too mm-hmm. but it was a learning experience for everybody you know it, the whole household i learned that emotions are contagious i never oh, yeah. knew that before yeah definitely <laughs> definitely so with your writing and everything that you you've been doing um your fond your your history you're like a history buff because oh, i, I was history. reading <laughs> reading over your bio and and one of the the books that you have written is called pursuing gold and mm-hmm. it's a, a fictional uh book of and surrounding the civil war so can you give me a little bit information on that as and that and this is um and pertaining to uh the civil war and how it changed uh, money from coins to paper on both sides. I, I really need to hear about that. Well, you know, the Constitution in the first article said that they could not use anything except gold and silver for tender. Hmm. Okay. And, and so they thought it was illegal to use paper. Now, there were times like if, if the, the, the metals were lacking for different reasons, they might have an individual state bank to put out some paper 
for their customers. But if the bank went out of business, which was very common, the paper was then worthless. Mm, okay. So it really wasn't safe to use paper. Most people wanted the coin because the coin had the value and the government set the value of the dime and the, you know, and based on the amount of metal, whether it was gold, silver or copper. Mm -hmm. And so when the Civil War started, that was enough stress for both sides that they ended up having to go to paper. In fact, when Lincoln did it, they were, it was 1862 when they, they were, they had a month's worth of money left and it was like, you know, we have nothing to spend after that. And so they were talking about what to put on the bills. And he said, oh, let's use the phrase, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I offer to thee. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And so they ended up using paper, which did work. And then when the economy turned back around, uh, he thought, well, now what are we going to do? Because we've got paper out there. So he put the guy that was the treasurer was named Chase. He put Chase on the Supreme Court so that he would vote in favor when it got to the Supreme Court because he knew people were going to sue because they saw the Constitution that said you can't use anything but silver and gold. And so mm -hmm. it did eventually pass the Supreme Court. Three different bills went through and they passed it. So it became, you know, paper became legal tender. But before that time, North and South, you know, they used coin. Now the South decided to use, um, well, they decided they were going to stay on the gold standard, except that they were going to use debt. They were going to, you know, mm -hmm. and so they started issuing bonds and people started to swap the bonds. Mm -hmm. And then when the interest came due on the bonds, they couldn't pay it. So they started issuing bills, but they never passed a legal tender law. It ended up, they did it, but they never passed it. And of course, every bank, every city, every state, every, you know, everybody in the South printed their own money. So it was a really big mess. You had counterfeit money and then you had money of all sizes, shapes and colors and even money that was less than a dollar. It was called fractional currency. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting because I've never heard of that before. <laughs> That's wow. why I wrote the book. And I thought it would be more interesting if I made it into a mystery. And the couple have to save their bank because somebody is counterfeiting money against their bank. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So one of the other things that you um, have a passion for is uh, women, specifically women, women of all ages, but young mothers and homeschool mothers. So yes. tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, that's another thing that kind of hit me once I started writing is that, unfortunately, I'm not young anymore. I'm one of those older women that it talks about in Titus. And what God wants us to do as older women is to teach the younger women how to yes. love their husbands and love their children. And I have had lots of experience raising five kids, one disabled. And so I can give some guidance and advice and, and help them out with their husbands who don't maybe understand or maybe understand their husbands so they can love them better. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt this huge burden. So I've worked with MOPS ministries and things like that, speaking to moms, speaking to older moms too. I have some programs on my podcast for older parents who have teenagers and everybody has some problems with their teenagers. Mm. So I, I try to hit all of those situations so that I try to hit women where they are and whatever struggles that they've got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that um, the trend of homeschooling is, is, has actually increased. As a matter of fact, my uh, kids, well, I'm not, I wouldn't say that they are homeschooled in the sense of the of I'm teaching them they're actually doing their um 
they're instead of being in the brick and mortar, they're actually doing all of, all of their work online. Yes. Um, but they're they're still doing all of their work on their own and everything, and they have uh, sworn. Wow, it is just amazing. And the main reason why we had decided to go ahead and take them out of the uh, public school system was because of bullying. Yes. And I know that there are, um, and a lot of the other parents that we've actually um, connected with uh, through the uh, organization is called K-12. Um, a lot of the parents have been saying the same thing in that their children were being bullied while they're in school. And so there's less pressure being home. They're able to uh, work on their own and, and function on their own. They take their little lunches when they want to. And my kids have been thriving tremendously since then. In fact, they just got their, um, they just got a certificate for AB honor roll. And again, and so I'm like, God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for K-12. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there are a lot of uh, moms that l are listening to this uh, podcast that may be contemplating about um, homeschooling or even K-12. So what suggestions could you offer those individuals? Well, you know, I was kind of one of the pioneers of homeschooling because when I started, nobody was doing it. Mm -hmm. And people looked at me with just shock and horror. You can do that? It's <laughs> legal? And I said, yeah, I had first yeah. grade. I think I can, I think I can get through it. Um, so, you know, but at the time there was not a lot available. And so we had, we tried hard to, to fit something that fit our personalities and fit with our children, but there is so much out there now. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. There is everything to, from what you're doing to computer programs and, mm -hmm. and just everything out there. It's so much easier. So I would encourage you to go for it if you feel strongly that you, your kids are not thriving and, and there's help. You know, if, if you get to the point that you're stuck, there's homeschool organizations everywhere. Yes. And I'm one person. If you, if you need get stuck and need some guidance, I'd be delighted to try to help you in some way. So, you know, you're not going to be alone because there's lots of people out there doing it. And the kids are socialized because mm -hmm. you're in a family situation and they have to get along with you and their siblings. So you know, <laughs> right. socialization is already happening, but it's with a parent who's saying, you know, instead of what happens in the school system. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But my kids, they, I said, okay, now that that's your classmate and you know, you, you guys got to work it out and work together. <laughs> It's because you're each other's classmates That's and they right. support each other anyway. Um, in that when the, the classes that they're taking, uh, my son, he's in uh, 10th grade and my daughter is in ninth grade. And so uh, when he goes to the next grade, she takes the classes that he took. And so it just works out pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So do you have any upcoming events or projects in the works? Well, I do have um, curriculum coming out that goes with the book that you talked about, Pursuing Gold. Okay. I'm coming out with a curriculum that's called the Gold Curriculum, and I go into more depth on the money situation. I teach critical thinking. It also has something on money, a lot of stuff on money, and it even has a little section to teach kids how to handle their money, how to do budgeting. Mm 
Oh, so that's awesome. That will be out very soon. It's about, probably about three weeks, and we'll be putting it on CBD, I believe. And so it'll be out there bundled with the book so that it's reasonable. But I'm excited about that. And I'll be speaking in the last two weeks in July. Last two weekends in July, I will be at homeschool conferences. So okay. I've got a lot of stuff coming up here. Um, and okay. I'll be speaking in August to a home, to a to a group of uh, writers. So I've got a lot of things coming up right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so how can people get in contact with you and where can people purchase Pursuing Gold? Pursuing Gold can be bought in Christian bookstores. If you have a local bookstore around you, or you can find it on Amazon or any of the uh, online things. If you go to my website, which is clsimmons.com. And the reason I am CL Simmons is that my father did not have a name. He was C. L. Thomas. Hmm. And so he wanted to give me his initials. And so I became Cynthia Lynn. And so now that he is gone, my website, my email, all that stuff has my middle initial, Cynthia L. So you can find me at clsimmons.com or you can send me an email at Cynthia at clsimmons.com or Cynthia L. Simmons at gmail.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. So do you have any last words for our listening audience? You know, I, when I wrote the book, Pursuing Gold, one of the things I wanted people to really grab a hold of is that it, it's so much better to pursue God than to pursue selfishness or um, self-fulfillment because God is the gold in our lives and we need to pursue him because he alone can meet our needs and do what we need in this life. Amen. Amen. Well, Cynthia, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on my show today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the show. And um, I'm looking forward to being able to purchase that book because that's got a lot of history about money that, you know, I would love to be able to share with my kids as well. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. We're almost there. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you would like to be a guest on the show, email your bio and picture to woveinspiration at gmail.com. If you would like to continue the conversation, make a comment, or you have any questions, you can share them on Wove Inspirations, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. This is your host, Althea Richardson. You're almost there. Keep moving forward.